Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Space Social Podcast. Today, we are joined by my friend, Lily Fisher. Lily, how are you? Hi, I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing so good. Um, Lily has been on the podcast before, and so I wanted to bring her back and do like a catch up and talk about other things as well. So Lily, do you want to introduce yourself for the people who don't know you? Yeah, sure. So I'm Lily. I am an entrepreneur. I've done several years of entrepreneurship. Um, I recently sold my accessory shop of five years and pivoted and started a magazine as well as um, freelance design. Now I'm also a mom. Um, I have two little kids. We live in New York City. And yeah. Yes. (laughs) I, I, so last time Lily was on here, I think you had just sold RJ. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You had just sold Rosie June. How long have you, has that been, it's been like a year, right? Yes. A year. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. How do you feel that it's been a year? I feel good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It It went so fast. Yes. Very, very fast. (laughs) I feel like it, it just felt like it was time. And so now I feel like. I just feel like everything I've done in my past has led me to like where I'm at right now, which makes sense. But like, it feels like very divinely guided. Yes. I yeah. love that. Good. Yeah. I, I like, I love RJ and I love what you're doing now. You know, Thank you. I, I really do. Okay. I, before we were, before this interview, we were talking about how Lily lives in New York and I was saying, so Lily has two children. Is that okay if I say that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. totally. So I would love to hear how your family, like, navigates, how you navigate living in New York as a family. Because I think that that sounds so exciting, but also intimidating. And I, I just want to hear how you all make it work for you. Yeah, that's a great question. So I I was never, like, a big New York person until I visited five years ago. And I had a baby when I visited for the first time. Um, Okay. Yeah. So Russell did an internship here one summer and we lived in Utah and we visited and I fell in love with it. And I was like, we have to live here one day. So we, if I had like known that we probably would have done it without kids. (laughs) Sure, <laughs> but, but like with kids, it's it is doable and it is so much fun. Um, it does have its challenges. Um, we we live in a one bedroom apartment, right? So that's really fun. Um, but we live we chose to live in a one bedroom apartment so that we could live in a really family centered area. There's okay. so many families here; it feels very safe, and the school is like a five minute walk. And the playground is just around the corner. And so we spend a lot of time at the park to get out of our little apartment. Um, And we try and go on adventures every weekend in the, into Manhattan. We live in Queens and, and it's, it's so much fun. Like, obviously it's harder with kids, but it's still worth it. Like I wouldn't like trade this opportunity for anything like it's really amazing. And like our family has gotten closer because we live in such, we live in such a little apartment. So we're always together. And yeah. 
making so many fun memories. So I love that. Um, I feel like, so I know you've lived in Las Vegas. I don't know if you probably, yeah. I don't know if you love Las Vegas as much as I, I do. do. I love, oh, well, not as much God. as you, but like, <laughs> I love it a lot. <laughs> I just think like living in your dream city with your family is so deeply underrated, but it's also, I feel like it's intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. exciting. Yes. Vegas um, is so awesome. I love oh Vegas. My, oh my like, gosh. Talked about living there one day. I don't know that we will, but. <gasps> really? I would die if you moved here for real. Um, I feel like it's, I feel like Vegas has a lot more space than New York for, you know, like mm. as far as like living there's, I just feel like there's a lot more space, but it's also like a kind of one of those cities where you have to figure out what's best for kiddos and like where to take them but I feel like it's Mm -hmm. such an adventure yeah exactly yeah Vegas is Vegas has so many cool things it really does do you have any other strategies like city parenting strategies before we move on to our next topic yeah I mean I there are so many families living in New York that are making it work and a lot of them have blogs so If you ever, yeah, like if you ever are just like, how on earth do you do this in New York, whatever it is, just Google it. Like it's, it's crazy. Like how many people have blogged about their experiences and they give you tips and resources. And like, I was like reading blogs nonstop before we moved here. And I'm not even like a big, I'm not really into blogs, but like, there was just like so much information on there. And I was like, okay, like all of these people are doing it. We can totally do it. Like it's totally doable. And we like even down to like what type of scooter is best for kids in New York. Like there are like so many things like that online. So, Oh yeah, that, okay. That's brilliant. I feel like there's so many resources nowadays. It's like, if other people are doing it, we can make it work too, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I would love to talk about, so let me give everyone some context first. Something Lily and I have in common, I feel like we have a lot of things in common, but Mm -hmm. something we both have in common is we were Mormon missionaries, and now we are not religious at all anymore, Mm -hmm. correct? So I know you've talked about this on your stories, so... I guess I would love to ask you, like, I know this is a business podcast, but I feel like a lot of people who listen to this were religious and are not anymore. Mm -hmm. So I would love to ask you if you have just any advice for people who are making a transition or they, they've decided to make the transition. They're on the other side and you know, they're having a hard time. I feel like you would have some good advice. And also if you want to share like, you can share what, like, what led you to leave if you want. But, um, yeah, I just think, like, people need to know it does get better. Yes, it totally does. Um, yeah, so it's kind of hard to sum it up short enough to explain why I left. But, sure. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I, like, background-wise, <clears throat> born and raised Mormon, super, super devout, 
um, went on a mission to Las Vegas um, (laughs) and got married in the Mormon temple and uh, started having babies. So all of the Mormon, the Mormon timeline. Yeah, you were doing the checklist. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) for sure. Um, And I actually loved it. Like when I was in it, I loved it. Um, There, obviously like there are parts of me that felt a little like restricted, um, but it, I really loved it. And it was really, really hard when I started. So my faith transition started like literally the day I got home from my mission. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is so hard. Yeah. I, you know what's funny is I feel like mine started on my mission. Um, That's even harder. Yeah. I, so six weeks before I came home, gay marriage was legalized in the United States. And our we had like a big church meeting about it. And I just remember like the hateful comments people were making. And I, I like I remember in the moment being like, I just need to finish this mission. And like, I don't know if this is for me long term. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that's really hard. I'm so yeah. sorry. No, it, it's it, it's good now. But like, yeah, sorry, sorry. Keep going with your story. Oh, you're good. You're good. Um, Wait, where was I? Um, your faith transition started the day you got oh, home from your mission. Yes, it started the day I got home from my mission. And I just like, I felt like there was something wrong with me, that I was doing something wrong. I felt like God had like abandoned me. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, it was like, it was really hard. And it, I tried to hold on for years. Like, yeah how many years, five years, I tried to stay in because like when every, pretty much everyone in your life is a part of this church and like all of the things they teach you about like what happens if you leave, like it's terrifying. Yeah, it is. And you want to do all that you can to stay. But ultimately, like at the end of the day, like it just, it was not authentic for me anymore. It, like morally felt wrong to, to like continue to be a part of that um, religion. And I, it just, it was time to move on. Um, Russell, my husband, he, um, he, his was more abrupt. Like, okay. He just, I have his permission to talk about this, by the way. I'm yeah, not, like, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even going to ask because I was like, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, okay. All good. Um, he just like, after we had Rosie, um, my first child, our daughter, he just like, he was like, I can't have my, I can't raise my daughter in this like patriarchal institution essentially (laughs) yeah oh yeah we've talked about this I feel like yeah yeah I think that uh Russell and I were yeah like that was yeah but I that was my final straw as well yes yeah so anyway um it was really hard it was really hard for my family it was really hard for some of my closest friends um but And what was really interesting was that, like, my, like, best friend was going through it at the same time, and we did not talk about it for years. For years. I I hate that. Right? It's like you, 
because that's how it was for Vincent and I too. And it's like, how are you scared to talk about something like so deep to someone you love? Yes, exactly. It's It's so devastating. It's like, I just thought for sure if I told her that like, she would be so disappointed in me and like treat me differently. And like, I don't know why. I don't know why I thought that. Like she was my best friend, but like, yeah, we didn't talk about it. And so I don't know how it came up, but finally one day it came out and we were both just like, what? We were both in shock. And it's just like so sad that you feel like you can't talk to the people closest to you about it. Um, And it's really isolating. It's really lonely and again, scary and terrifying. Um, But at the same time, like once you are able to have those conversations, oftentimes, not, not every time, but oftentimes you will find some of the people that are like closest to you are going through the same thing and your bond like becomes stronger. Yeah. And even like with, like with other people too, like with other people that have left the church, like you and I, for example, we're, we're able to bond over this. Like, yeah, we are. Right. And like, it, like, I feel so safe talking to you about this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's, like, and I feel the same way with you. Like, I just, it's a safe place and like we get each other. And there, I was talking yesterday in my stories about this. Like, the ex Mormon community is so beautiful. Like, just because of what I just said, like, we get each other. And like, I've noticed that like it's, it's, we all have like similar values and beliefs about. Yeah people and the world and love and acceptance and I'm not saying that people that are still in the church are not loving that's not what I'm saying but I'm saying that like some of the most loving people in my life are people that have left the church it's just beautiful I don't I don't know like it feels like for me anyway Um, my biggest problem was that like the love, it felt like the love was missing or like fake, like very conditional as well. Yes. Yes. And that, and like my belief with who like Jesus Christ was and who God was like, it didn't align and it just didn't feel right. And I also would highly suggest, I know Lily will back me on this. We both love the Girls Camp podcast. Yeah. That is a really great resource. I actually am looking. I bought her tote bag to support the How podcast. Yes. Um, that's a great resource for, um, you know, people who just need to feel like they have a community and, like, not alone. Um, I also feel like something both of us have experienced post-religion is being able to use clothing to get to know ourselves again and mm-hmm. learn about ourselves and I, I would love if you could speak on that and how like that journey for you yeah um so I like I said I was super super devout like um I <laughs> I just like very modestly I was not allowed to wear anything that was considered immodest. So like uh, shorts had to be down to my knees and like I had to have sleeves. I couldn't wear tank tops. And I like 
that is really harmful in many ways, as we know. Um, yeah, that's it's so good for your body image to be told to just cover up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like what? <laughs> like I, we, I was not allowed to wear a two-piece swimsuit. And like, Lily, I bought my first <laughs> bikini when I was twenty-eight. Oh my god! Like I want. That's to amazing. That. I know. I and I, <laughs> I like can't even believe how old I was. <laughs> But like, but I like that's so real. context. Like, it's yeah, very serious. <laughs> yes, it's very serious. And like, some parents are not as intense, but like, not ours. Pa- yeah, not <laughs> ours. Oh my gosh. And so, like, I would go. I would wear a one-piece swimsuit. I would wear a tank top over it, and I would wear board shorts. And oh like, my gosh, I was. And I remember thinking, like, body image-wise, I remember thinking. I'm actually glad that I have to cover up my body because oh. I am so fat or whatever. Oh, and like, oh isn't that so sad? And like, yeah, it is. I was not fat. Like, no. <laughs> and even if I was like, that's fine. But like, right. it's just like so crazy. Um, and same with like, school dances like I had to have sleeves on my dresses and it was so hard so so hard in Alabama to find a modest formal dress like it was just crazy did you feel a lot of I'm like curious do you remember feeling a lot of shame like trying to find modest dresses and then like I I remember like being like okay this is like close enough and then people being like no like it doesn't work and like you're a slut yes (laughs) yeah literally or like I remember my mom like we were not we didn't have a ton of money growing up and my mom like it was so hard for me to find a dress we finally found a dress that had sleeves and it was definitely like (laughs) I think it's a cool dress I'm laughing because. I'm pretty sure it was, like, made for, like, a mother of a bride. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was just, like, it was really pretty, but it was, like, and I think I made it work, but. It was just, like, more matronly. Yes, exactly. And it was expensive. And my mom was just, like, I guess we have to buy this because it's the only modest thing we can find. Yeah. Uh, And it's, like, so sad that, like, it's so sad that it's like so your family had to like sacrifice for this thing that doesn't really matter yes like it's painful yes like recognizing that in adulthood yes exactly it really is um so when I actually one of the first times I dressed quote immodestly if you're not familiar when you get married in the temple and when you go on a mission, you get garments and give them a like, Google, everybody who's listening, yeah, give them give a little them a Google. Google. <laughs> and they literally go down to your knees. You wear them under your clothes, they're your underwear. They go down to your knees and they are like, they have sleeves as well. Not like long sleeves, but little short sleeves, cap sleeves. They're like cap sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. They're so attractive. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And like, you're supposed to wear them all day and all night and like at all times. And they ask you that if you want to go to the temple regularly, like that's one of the questions that you have to answer yes to. And like, that means like being 
the best Mormon you can be, essentially. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so oh hard. Oh, my gosh. It's, like, really intense. And it's, like, it has – it represents, like, the promises that you made with God. And so, like, anyway. Yeah. I stopped wearing mine when I was pregnant with Rosie, and I just never wore them again. It's a judgmental – you know what I'm – you know where I'm going with this, Jordan. It's, it, it's, like – it's like a way that people can like please you in your yes. Mormonism. Yes, exactly. And it's that was and, and, really well. And it's only I feel like it's especially for women. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like especially for women. I like in general, Lily, I, I like obviously Vincent wears like I love when he wears his slutty like five inch shorts or like a tank top. <laughs> but yeah. like for the majority, I feel like men the clothes that men wear, like even culturally in the United States, like they cover men's garments. Yes. Do you agree? And so yes. I just feel like it's a really easy way for you, for people to be able to like spot if you're being a good Mormon or not. <laughs> yes, exactly. And like, I was guilty of it too. I used to no, think I mean, like, right. oh my gosh, is she wearing her garments? Does that mean she's leaving the church? Like, <laughs> right. Like, and that's the exact oh thought process. Gosh. It goes from there to there. Yes, it does. For every single Mormon. Oh, my gosh. And so it's it's a very, like, obviously what underwear you're wearing should be a very private thing. Oh, my gosh. But... Lily, can I just, like, quick quickly say yeah. I cannot even fathom, like, now that I've, like, been out of it for five years, I can't even imagine, like, asking a single soul about their underwear. It's so right. Weird. It is so weird. It is so, like, it's inappropriate. and it's, like It's actually deeply inappropriate. <laughs> yes. It is, like, ugh. Anyway. It's crazy. And, like, it's a lot of – because, like, you're ex- – we were expected to wear them. I mean, you live in Vegas. You're expected to wear them no matter where you live, no matter what temperature it is. And, like, it, it's – like a lot of women even get like yeast infections and stuff. Sorry, I didn't. I don't know if we want to go there, but like, no, you're, yeah, no, you're good. Like, <laughs> it causes it's not, problems. It, it's like not really like not only yeast infections, but like UTIs. Like, yeah, chronic. Like I've seen people be like, I had chronic UTIs until or like yeast infections until I stopped wearing them. It's like so sad. It's very sad. It's very sad. So, yeah. Garments are very problematic in my eyes, and I'm not afraid to say that. <laughs> Good, and I uh, and I second that. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I stopped wearing them when I was pregnant with Rosie. Never wore them again, but I didn't want people to know that I wasn't wearing them. So because I wasn't like I still wasn't sure if I was like staying in the church or leaving the church. I didn't yeah. really know. And anyway. On a trip to New York, <laughs> once again, um, I wore, like, short shorts for the first time in my life. Mm. And I felt so cute, and I felt so free, and I felt I felt safe doing it in New York because I was like, there's so many people here. The chances of me running into a Mormon that I know are pretty slim. <laughs> Oh, no. So like, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Okay, I was like, oh my god, is this going there? Like, she no. runs into her bishop in New York. Yeah, literally, no. Um, but I just like that's like the first time I wore something immodest, and it was very um, uh, what's the word? Like, I just liberating, liberating. liberating. Yes. That's the word. 
very liberating. And um, I like, it took me a while to feel comfortable wearing things like crop stuff yeah um that like showed my tummy because um i'm not i'm not a skinny girl and but like the more i wore like crop tops tank tops short shorts like the more comfortable i became with my body like yeah. i was able to get to know my body like it was it, it's really beautiful like i was able to like accept my body and dress my body like how it should be dressed you know what I mean like yeah I also like have to wonder if like I just think Lily I don't know if I there's so many things about myself I don't think I would have learned if I didn't take off my garments yeah and like you have to wonder if that's the purpose of them oh that's true yeah I mean I'm sure there's lots of purposes but (laughs) yeah um okay so I I would love for you to talk about your dressing yourself now I feel like you and I have a similar like parallel that we've been able to get to know ourselves through clothing so like I would love to hear more about that like I know you love newly which we're gonna link that in the show notes after I had kids it was like really hard to dress because also like you don't know your body again. <laughs> don't know your body. And then, like, I had stopped wearing my garments and, like, <laughs> nothing fit, too. And, like, it was a lot. So, yeah. Um, accessories oh were pretty big in my life for many mm, years. <laughs> yes. Because accessories always fit. Um, but last – I've always loved clothes a lot. Love clothes. Um but last January, when I sold Rosie June, I was like, kind of like thinking about it and coming to realization that like, I, with Rosie June, had, I had to like come up with a lot of outfits for the accessories. Right. <laughs> to market them and to photograph them and to you did amazing sell them by the way <laughs> thank you but it was a lot because like I wanted each accessory to have its own outfit and so like I I wasn't really dressing for me I was dressing for like the audience sure um and I was still dressing true to my style like I'm not saying I was like you know trying just to impress the audience no because I still like wore things true to me but I just realized like I could wear whatever I wanted to after I sold Rosie June I didn't have to like do it around the accessories and um so I just like decided to dress however the fuck I wanted to sorry Mm. not to say that on here uh fuck yeah what (laughs) there's only swearing loud on this podcast beautiful my gosh I can't even imagine having a podcast and like policing anybody's language so just know that yeah that wouldn't be on brand (laughs) no it would not amazing so I just like got really fun with it and like I knew I was moving to New York too. And like, I really felt like I could dress however I wanted to in New York. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I've just been like, it 
it's been really fun to like put more intention and thought into my outfits. And I really believe that like our, like we are all art, like everything we do is an expression of ourselves and is art. Like you are art, I am art. And like everything about us is art and clothes are just like such a big way to like show who you are to other people that like don't know you or that know you and it's just so fun to to express yourself um I love thrifting but it's been kind of challenging in New York because Uh, (sighs) I feel like thrifting kind of got hijacked this last decade it did it did in like the worst way and I feel like all thrifts now are probably like fast fashion bullshit yes yes (sighs) Like you're flipping through and it's like Shein or LuLaRoe and it's just Ew. like, can we not? It's like, uh, Fashion Nova. Like it's, uh, anyway. So thrifting here is hard because there are so many resellers that are thrifting and then reselling it. Sure. There's a ton of good vintage here. It's just expensive and like your girl doesn't have that kind of budget right now for for vintage clothes. Um, So I have been doing newly, which I love. Yeah. I love your hauls. Oh my God. It's so fun. I really love it. I placed my next order today. So what are you getting? Oh, so many cute things. So you get like six pieces a month. um, And it's, I think it's $95 a month. Okay. Um, but if you, you get like, they give you lots of opportunities for discounts. So yeah, it, I've only paid like 75 a month for the last three months. Oh, love that. Yeah. So, um, I got, I got a couple of shirts like to maybe use as a Valentine's day outfit. Cute. And I got a couple of coats. I really love newly for coats in the winter because I like to like match my coat with my outfit. Yeah. And coats are expensive. Yeah. And they, they have can... like nice stuff. Um, can I also say my strategy for coats is I buy them in the summer. So Ooh, yeah. So that they're like on sale. So that's my strategy. But newly is another smart. great strategy. <laughs> that's a really good strategy. Love that. Yeah. Um, and then I got like a blazer. So I got really cute stuff. I'm excited for it to come in. It's really, it's really fast and it comes in like a reusable package that you just unzip and they send a label. It's just like so easy and great. Yeah. I <laughs> highly recommend. Yeah. I love them. Um, I feel like Newly is a great, just like such a great company too. Like they're not even sponsored. We're just like talking about yeah. it. Um, but I love like their, I love how sustainable it is. You know, it's just, like, so necessary these days, to be honest. Yes, agreed. It's a really cool company. Well, there's so many TikToks about fashion, right? And they're telling you what to do and what to not do. And I think that is garbage. Yeah. (laughs) Like, some some of it is helpful. But for the most part, like, I hated the, the chuggy trend where we were like, calling things chuggy and like, I just think that like, personal style is everything. Like, oh my gosh, it really wear is. what you want, wear what you want, like who cares what's in style, like wear what you want, like 
this one girl I saw on TikTok the other day, she was like putting colorful clothes back in her neutral closet because she was like, I have been following the trends too long. And it's like, girl, wear color all you want. Yeah. If you love color, like who cares what the trend is? Right. And so. like, I always feel like the trends are, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like trends are like anti-personal style. It's like, let's yeah. fall, let's fall in line. Don't get to know yourself. Like I think of per- developing a personal style is this, I love it. Like I love to compare it to developing a personal brand. Mm-hmm. It is just like so fun when people see a piece of clothing and they're like, oh my God, like that's so you. Yes. That's like the best feeling. It I just got really, goosebumps when you said that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it really, it just is like the best when you're like, I've like really taken the time to get to know what makes me feel good and like the colors I love to wear. And then like people recognize that it's just so much better than, I don't know, mob wife trend or clean girl yes. aesthetic. <laughs> And everything has a name. And it's like, it's cute that it has a little branded name. But like, can right. we... Like, why are we so obsessed uh, with labels? Like, I kind of thought yes. we were over that a little bit. <laughs> yes. So many labels. Oh, my gosh. And then, like, even the, like, figuring out your best colors. Like, what if... Like, I think somebody told me I was, like, an autumn. And it's like, I don't ever wear those colors because I don't like them. Like, right. I like jewel tones and I like bright colors and patterns. And, like, I'm not going to stick to autumn aesthetic if that looks good with my – just because it looks good with my skin tone. <laughs> right. I also feel like I've really enjoyed, like, trying to not wear black so much. Like, what a godsend. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, black is black. I'm wearing black right now. Black is cool, but like, yeah. but like 20, like, I just, I feel like there was a time in my life, Lily, where every time I bought a piece of clothing, it was black. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I just like love being like, okay, here's a pink and here's another pink. And also here's a green and maybe another pink. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I love it. And it looks, it's part of your brand. Like, you Yeah, said. it really is. It really is. We were talking a little bit about personal brands. So I would love to talk to you about this phenomenon going on about personal brands versus niche, uh, niching. Do you think it's niche or niche? I say niche. Okay. Same. Good. Um, <laughs> so I would love to hear your opinions on that. Is like you're in the branding industry. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. So. Last year when I started dressing however the F I wanted to, I was posting TikToks every day of my outfits. And because I because it was all about niching. Yeah. I and... love, by the way, I love your stories when it's your outfit. I'm just like, ugh, yes. <laughs> Good. That I makes really me happy. <laughs> um, and it actually, like, I didn't grow that big or anything, but, like, it did help me grow. So, like, I see how niching can help you grow. But I completely agree with, like, that all of these people who, like, super niche down are out of content. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's boring. Like, people are not one-dimensional beings we are multi-dimensional we have so many interests and all of our interests make us who we are it's like the movie soul 
the, yes oh my god right? <laughs> yes, I love that movie yeah it's just so beautiful like down to like whatever lights us up like that makes us who we are and to niche down like does us and everyone around us a disservice like I really believe that and I do too yeah so I love accounts like like yours or like um my friend Tori Victoria Strong designs her account comes um she just did the most amazing tarot reading for me at the end of last year that's right yeah and I did that because of you I'm like remembering that yeah she's amazing yeah everybody that listening she'll get a tarot reading by her they're like so spot on and beautiful no it was sickening how spot on yeah she's so good (laughs) yeah she is oh my gosh um but I uh as I've like been starting my like freelancing design I've thought about like do I want to like make a separate account just for design do I want to like keep my personal account with like my work on it you know what I mean sure so I I think that's what I'm gonna do um as I'm finishing up my like branding and my website and stuff I think I'm just gonna keep it it's just gonna be my personal brand and yes <laughs> I love and that. I think, yeah, I just think it's really important because, like, even for branding, like when you when you're following a designer, from anyway, for me, I like to see their lives. Yeah, I like I want to know what they love. I want to know what lights them up. I want to know what makes them who they are. Yeah, so. I I agree, and I also think like. Okay, so I feel like a question I get often is people ask me if I should sep- if they should separate their personal and business account. So personally, my I mine are separate because I po- I don't want to post my child on yeah. my business account. So I have like a private personal one, but my business one, like I post my whole life, and I like, yeah, I you love do. it. Like I you and do a good also job. Lily, I feel like it. Like for anyone listening, I feel like when you do that, it attracts people who are obsessed with you to work with you. And it makes working just like not, it just makes it so much better. Yeah, exactly. It does. Yeah. Because like they get to know your heart too. Like yeah. they, and then like when people know your heart, they they love you. Right. <laughs> like they genuinely care for you. Right. So. And they like... And they also know your like your work, like you care about your work too. Yeah. Like I don't want to work with people who don't care about their work. And I think like showing how much I care about my work makes people like attracts people like that to my account too and to work with me. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really beautiful. I, I gotta share that little strategy. Yeah, like I think that's if great. you're afraid to okay, Lily, I have a question. Yeah. If you're afraid to show yourself online, what what is your advice? Like, this isn't if you have a boundary to not show something. Like, if you're like, I want to, but I'm just feeling nervous. Like, what do you suggest they do? This is probably not the answer that you want to hear, but it just, it takes practice. That is actually the exact answer I want to hear. (laughs) It just takes practice. It's like exposure therapy. Like, you just have to do it. And like, you have to the more you do it, the more comfortable you are doing it. And, and it just becomes natural. Like, like just treat it like, like if you're talking about stories, for example, sure. Just act like you're FaceTiming your bestie. Like yes. 
that's like, and people love, love that. Like they want to feel like your bestie. So yeah, it like, it works both ways. And I think too, if you're not, if you're not comfortable in front of the camera, I highly recommend like doing a self portrait photo shoot. Okay. Yeah. Like Let's talk just... about, yeah. Talk about what that entails. Yeah. Lily was, Lily's a photographer as well. She's just like multifaceted <laughs> talent. Yeah. So I did photography. I've done photography for like eight years now, I think. Yeah. Um, and I love it, but it's like for hmm, some of the years of Rosie June, I did my own photos and I would do like self portraits. So I, I obviously like have a nice camera, but you can do it with your iPhone as well. Like, um, I would just like set aside a few hours, like one to three hours where you like get fully ready. However that looks for you, put on a really cute outfit, at least a cute top. Right. And (laughs) (laughs) you can wear sweatpants. It doesn't matter. But, and then like, just like whatever you feel really confident and beautiful in and then set up a little photo shoot just like in your house or apartment and um, use like self timer. If you have a little tripod that, that that's preferred, but you can also just do selfies, but I recommend getting a little tripod. Um, especially if you're going to be making online content anyway, you probably need sure. <laughs> yeah. But play around with it and take a lot of pictures and see like you, you will find some beautiful pictures in there and it'll just like, I don't know. I feel like self portraits can really boost your confidence. Yeah. I love that. That's like a great exercise. Actually. Thank you for sharing that for real. Can you tell me where, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my Instagram right now is Lily girls world, but that is, changing I'm gonna change my handle okay um so my my new business name is studio la lily oh my god <laughs> and I do brand design and photography for small businesses um and yeah so that can, can sorry, go ahead yeah can and you're open for work we can reach out and hire you for branding and then you do photography is it based in New York or can you do like yeah talk about how that works yeah so with photography I am based in New York um so what I've done in the past if it's like if you sell a product and you don't need and you don't want to be in the photos yourself then you can just ship me your product yeah. And we can set up a photo shoot and that can be like really simple, like in my apartment, or we can pay more and like rent a studio with models. It just, whatever you need. Yeah, um, perfect. Um, I also am open to travel if you would like Hell to yeah. photos. So love it down for that. Yeah. Okay. And I will, I'll link um, those in the show notes as well. And Lily, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I always love coming on here. And me I feel- too very grateful. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm grateful to know you. And like, I, I like love being friends online with you and it's just the best. Yes. I completely agree. Love being friends with you. You've been like such a gift in my life. So yeah, thank you, you as well. Jordan.
<laughs> all right, everyone. I will talk to you all next week. Please make sure to rate and review and we'll chat soon. Bye.